You're listening to an audio resource from Redemption Hill Church. This resource is not meant to be a replacement for participation at a local church, but an accessory to the care you're receiving from your own pastors. To learn more about Redemption Hill Church or to give to our ministry, visit redemptionhilldsm.org. Mission and Redemption in the Genealogy of the Gospel of Matthew It's no secret that men dominate the stories we read in Holy Scripture. There is no need to sugarcoat the truth. But the dominance of men in the Bible does not negate the profound impact made by women. For example, Deborah was a woman and a prophet who judged righteously. Judges 4 and 5. She was more of a military leader than a judge, but she was invested with leadership that held the lives of others in her hands. Another notable woman is Ruth. The story of Ruth is a story of loyalty and redemption. It's a beautiful story I've often read to my daughters. Women also show up in the New Testament genealogies. Ruth makes a reappearance, Matthew 1, verse 5, along with Tamar, verse 3, Rahab, verse 5, Bathsheba, verse 6, and Mary, verse 16. The reason for including Mary is apparent, and even Ruth makes sense, right? But what about the other three women? Tamar tricked her father-in-law, Judah, into sleeping with him. Judah was no saint, but the point remains. Rahab was a prostitute. And technically speaking, Bathsheba's name is not mentioned in Matthew's genealogy. Instead, she is referred to as Uriah's wife. Any inclusion of a woman into a Jewish genealogy is unusual, but Tamar, Rahab, and Bathsheba deserve some explanation. Genealogies matter. Genealogies matter to Jewish life and culture. I don't know my great-grandpa's name on either side of the family, but young Eli, living in the first century Israel, has an entire family line mapped out going back centuries. There was a sense of pride to know you were a young Jew and know where you came from. To be part of a family tree meant a sense of belonging, and it also conveyed history. So what is the point of inserting Tamar, Rahab, and, quote, Uriah's wife, can quote, into the genealogy of Matthew? Is the gospel writer, Matthew, attempting to show family pride, a sense of belonging, and history? Yes and no. I think there is more going on than initially meets the eye. And let's be honest, not much meets the eye when reading a genealogy. They are passed over more than my kids pass over kale salad at the dinner table. History of Redemption Matthew 1 connects the past with the present and the future. Thus, the genealogy in Matthew and Luke is not only looking backward, but it's about how God's plan of redemption is coming to fruition. In particular, Matthew sets forth the genealogical roadmap of how Jesus Christ is the seed of Abraham, Galatians 3.16. Unlike Luke, Matthew begins with Abraham and not Adam. Tracing the line of redemption is the primary goal of Matthew. The promise of a future redemption is made clear later in Matthew 1. We read in verse 21, She, Mary, will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Matthew 1, verse 21. 
The Greek verb for will bear is in the future middle indicative, while the Greek verb for will save is in the future active indicative form, connecting the past with the present and the future. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ is the apex of God's plan of redemption. Salvation is what Tamar, Rahab, and Bathsheba needed, along with every other person on the list. Parenthetical comments on David and Bathsheba. There is some debate between biblical scholars on the sexual intent of King David and Bathsheba. Was Bathsheba raped? Or was she complicit in adultery? I will not answer the question here, but make an observation about the exclusion of Bathsheba's name in Matthew's genealogy. Bathsheba isn't named because, I think, Matthew is calling out the great King David. David not only slept with another man's wife, but he then killed Uriah. David is a sinner, which is the point being made in this genealogy. David needs salvation from God just as much as Tamar and Rahab. The inclusion of women in the phraseology of Uriah's wife would not have been lost on the first century reader. They knew what Matthew was saying without saying it aloud. God's plan of redemption isn't for the religious. It's for those who know they desperately need God. Mission Matthew's genealogy also speaks to God's mission. God's plan of redemption is to save sinners, isn't just for the Jews, but it's also for the Gentiles. As the New Testament unfolds, God's intention to include the Gentiles is obvious. But in the Old Testament, God set down markers to include Gentiles. Ruth was not a Jew. She was from Moab, and she married into an Israelite family. Rahab was a Canaanite woman living in Jericho. God's intention was laid down even earlier. Back to Abraham for a moment. God says to Abraham in Genesis 22, I will surely bless you. I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Genesis 22, verses 17 and 18. At this point, you see how Matthew's genealogy isn't just a list of names. It's so much more. It's about God's purpose and plan to turn sinners into saints. It's making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he has set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Ephesians 1, verses 9 and 10. You're listening to an audio resource from Redemption Hill Church. This resource is not meant to be a replacement for participation at a local church, but an accessory to the care you're receiving from your own pastors. To learn more about Redemption Hill Church or to give to our ministry, visit redemptionhilldsm.org.